This is Fans Talk F1, the podcast. This is Fans Talk F1, the podcast. <laughs> Welcome. We are live on TikTok and we are going to do it in reverse grid. And unfortunately, Williams fans, unfortunately, is the way the cookie crumbles. <sighs> we are going to start with you. So today, Alex Albon, P16, Logan Sargent, P20. Where do you want to go with this one then? I don't know how many weeks we can do this with Williams. I mean, we need to make it quick, don't we? we I think it needs to be yeah. quick and um, less painful than what it has been. I completely agree when it comes to the... Listen, <sighs> one thing I will say about the midfield teams, right? The midfield teams are all... I was going to say the mid team, midfield teams are all pretty close. I, uh, in I, the middle. I, I, I'd, I'd be lying, wouldn't I? <laughs> Williams don't look... They don't look like they're taking any steps. They don't look like... It's they look like they switch developments. They look like they yeah. genuinely have... Switch development. Well, this is what I was going to come on to, really. In terms of, you know, we had we had the conversation. I, I, I giggle because we we talk about it all the time. But I had the conversation. <laughs> we had the conversation before, didn't we? About um, obviously James coming into the team and stuff like that. He's going to have to put his own stamp on it. We know this car, this team is not his stamp, and we know going from next year, we'd like to say we're going to see some changes, some development in the car. But I mean, it's, the funny one that's came from the weekend was um, the floor. The floor. So the floor. I mean, it, it, I, again. You giggle, but it's a giggle out of. I, I can't. I can't even put a word on it. To be fair, because you can compare like Red Bull's floor to Williams' floor, and it's the, the chalk and cheese. So it just goes to show where the two teams are standing at the moment, doesn't it? It does. But then, interestingly, Williams have had probably more development time under the current structure to get that floor towards Red Bull. So just to show you that it's not all about development time. It's no. not all about you know having more areas time, having more more time in the tunnel, all of those things. It's about having the right people and the right facilities. Jane Vowles has talked openly about how far Williams are behind in terms of a factory and how far they are in terms of being near a top team. And it goes to show, doesn't it? I mean, that, that was just shocking. I mean, it looked like some of the kids had designed, didn't it? It looked like a prototype. It does. I mean, DJ's just put there, what was it? Uh, see more airflow come from the underneath of a double-decker bus. And I suppose I mean, that's on Chris's comment there. So I've seen a couple. I've seen, there was a, somebody put in the comments that they're actually at Williams today for one of the race events. It'd be interesting to know if, um, yeah. what the mood was like in the factory, actually. I saw that one in there. And I just saw that one about more money. For R&D. Technically, yes, technically, no. If everyone's spending up to the cost cap, you haven't got more money. You've got the same amount of money spread over. And Williams, since their restructuring, have got money up to the cost cap. You know, they've said that they're, you know, James Vowell did it on a question and answer, that they're fine for a couple of years. They're not struggling for money. They've got sponsorship deals in. So actually, I, I don't buy that one about development because that's what the whole point of the cost cap was brought in to do, to yeah. even the playing field so that, you know, you've got budgets in place to spend up to it. So no, they haven't got more money to spend on, on development. They're just choosing to spend on different things. There's a comment there. They knew that they were going to have a good race, but they were upbeat about it. And that's my point. Have they, has James Vowell's got this news in the factory that says, you know what, we're just, we're just here. And this is where we're going. So he's expecting the journey he's set out the vision this is what we're doing this is where we're going this is how we're going to get there but this is the pain so so would you summarize and say that it's it's almost let's let's write the season off let's keep going let's write the season off but let's focus our attention to the future yeah definitely you know, you know, and maybe trial some things at the same time put the yeah. put the back room the factory in order behind the scenes make some appointments i mean martin's got a good point and adrian you isn't in the cost cap absolutely right they need to make i sent you that joke over it didn't i where actually they're they're advertising for a chief every person <laughs> ironically after the floor come out but it goes to show doesn't it that as a package in terms of a straight line speed, it's amazing. But as soon as you hit a corner, you're going to have problems at all. Which, you know, we laugh and joke about it all the time. But, <laughs> you know, we're not talking straight line tracks here. 
This is F1. No, it's not drag race, is it? It's all about it. It's drag race. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) That'd be P1 every week. But yeah, both drivers, I don't think both drivers exactly flattered themselves in the race today either. There was, there was, but then it's difficult to say because when you're in the field. I mean, Alex Albin's driving better than Luke and Sarge, I'd say. Granted, you'd expect that anyway, though, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. Yeah. You'd expect that anyway. And, you know, like I I keep banging on the same drum, let's give Logan the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's your five minutes of Williams up, and I yeah. think we should drag Is that. Any any questions questions? Um, <laughs> think if I reset the timer, we'll go for another five minutes. Um, yeah, just I mean, Logan Sargent, I wouldn't swap out a driver with that car like this if I was Williams. Just touch on Logan Sargent. If I was Williams, I'd be more inclined to keep the driver partnership because actually. If your car's not going to deliver, why put someone else in? Well, this is the you, interesting you've thing. You've got a good opportunity, haven't you, to keep, keep assessing him and keep, keep your options open. This is the interesting thing. So, obviously, you've got uh, Mick Schumacher, which is muted at the moment, to be, to be taking a seat there. You know, we do the inverted commas when I say that. But then, you know, you've got to take yourself out of the, the Williams box and you're looking at that. And me, if I was a Williams fan, I'd be looking at that and I'd be a little bit worried because I'll be honest, Mick had the hass right on the line, didn't he? Yeah. And he turned that car into Lego more times than Gunter would care to mention <laughs> is the best way of putting it. So if you're looking at Williams already and you you already haven't got the cash to compete with the other teams already, you already haven't got the, the development side of it to compete with the teams already, and then you put a driver in there that's then going to start smashing the car up, that to me just adds, it, it, it screams it's pressure. Yeah, so, it's just pressure, pressure you don't need, isn't it? So. And that's not me slandering Mick in any way, shape or form, sort of. <laughs> No, don't don't come at me. But, Is it yeah. too early to say if you're watching Mick? <laughs> yeah, if you're too watching early in Mick, the podcast. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, and I am sorry. He'll be yeah, off. Let- <laughs> He's See off you later, Mick. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, Williams aside. Then let's move on to Alvatari. So Alvatari is your next one in the standings, and today, surprisingly, Yuki Tsunoda P12. Nick DeVries, P14. Yeah, but Yuki was higher, wasn't he? I mean, he got that penalty, didn't he? Yeah. Controversial one here for you. And I've already, had, I've already had a conversation with some on this one, but penalty, yes or no, for Yuki? No. be interesting to see what you say. No? You say no? No. And it, so, guys in the comments, do you, do you think Yuki penalty, yes or no? I, 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 you know me, I'm always the controversial one, and I think that was a penalty. I yeah, we've got a lot of news. What do you think was a penalty then? I just think it was, it was very much on the line, and I fifth, uh, uh, to, to, so to coin a phrase from Martin Brundle, I think it was a, a day late and a dollar short on the brakes. And you can see that from the massive puff of smoke, or the, yeah, the massive puff of smoke, which is obviously the brake dust that came off that car. And yeah. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been surprised after that. He, he literally ran the anchors out and that he left it that, that late, didn't he? I just think he could have, and, and it, it's a difficult one. And I, I kind of sit on the fence of it because it is a difficult one. Because it's motor racing. As I said, at what point, at what point did we not yeah. challenge through a corner then? Exactly. And that's what you're there to do, which is a kind of, again, it's one of them where I see it from both points of view. So it is a difficult one. But I mean, so look what some of the comments put. He had his hand compete locked. He couldn't turn anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's my point is, he, he went into it. Yes, he might have been late, but he went through a gap. He, there was no way that he, like Graham said, that he could have done any more to avoid what was going on. Yeah. And if we look at, you know, we're coming on to George and Mercedes, for example, and what happened there in terms of the star semi finals. <laughs> Actually, let's talk about fairness here. Let's talk about at what point do we stop these, these teams racing and what point do we stop actually close wheel to wheel on the basis that everyone's going to pick up a penalty. But again, I'll come back to that point, right? So, and, and I'll, fl- I'll flip that round now. So in terms of, I've also had the other argument thrown at me, right? So Yuki got a five second time penalty for that. 
So why is it not okay for Yuki to do it? However, and I'm not going to mention names because the people listening <laughs> will know or potentially know who I'm, who I'm talking about. But why is it not okay for Yuki to do it? And he gets a five-second time penalty. But we also know there's drivers out there that do, do, does exactly the same and gets away with it scot-free. So this is why I can see it from both points of view. But is that, is that inconsistency rather than what the drivers are doing? And that's exactly. that's what I'm saying. So exactly. is that down to, I mean, Martin's put the, the FIA make complete, he's got 100% faith in their decisions. It's okay, Martin, we're not at a FIA press conference. You're not going to get done like <laughs> um, you know, Unless you're talking you can about say, You can say what you're really thinking here, mate, you know, because the FIA, oh, I don't know, on TikTok, and they, they might be watching. Um, but... For me, it all goes back to consistency. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to at least say if you're gonna either go for it or not go for it. But you need to set the rules that say what you're gonna do. And at what point is it that the drivers done everything? And if somebody's late, how hard is it to actually leave a gap that's adequate? If somebody's late coming in alongside you or late overtaking, you can't. You can't preempt if someone comes all the way from far back. But then likewise, you can't stop someone from coming all the way from far back. And that's. That's the issue. It's it's such a tough one, isn't it? And where's your draw line? Is that they made contact? Is that a penalty? Is it that all well, teams are saying these, these are racing is, incidents? These are just exactly. actually, you know, it's racing. It happens. But I feel, I feel with the FIA, I, th- I feel like they've sort of made a rod for their own back because one week they'll give it, the next week they won't give yep. it. And, it and, and like you say, it, it ultimately boils down to consistency. And if you haven't got that consistency, then the fans are not going to be happy with it. And I think Martin's put there too vague, leaves room for interpretation, absolutely spot on. 110%. Yeah, what, we what is it? You know, we keep talking about, you know, who's got the lead wheel going in, breaking at the apex, all of these things. Not a plug, Graham, by the way. Um, you know, <laughs> all, all of these things. <laughs> But all of these things are in place for the rules. You know, it's it doesn't make for consistency. It's too vague, and we're just leaving it open. I still think it was harsh. Other than other than the penalty, I don't think Yuki had that much of a a bad race in general. To be fair, Um, consistent, consistent, consistent points. But I think that's the the whole midfield. I I think the whole midfield's quite consistent with each other. However, I'm going to be a little bit controversial again with Nick. I, I just don't think there was this whole story a few weeks ago, weren't there, that, you know, Nick DeVries has got a couple of races or however many races he's got left to, to try and secure his future within the team. And I'm looking at today and I'm going, you haven't exactly helped yourself at all, have you there today? You've, you've done nothing to show, showcase anything that you've got to offer. Yeah, but you can't then say what we just said about Luke and Sargent about giving the rookie time and then go all in on Nick DeVries and say then, he needs to be out by the summer. Granted, but then <laughs> at the same time, I'm not saying he needs to be out the summer. No, no, no I'm just, I'm, what I'm saying I'm is just, what point the rookie is given. You know, I can see it from a Red Bull's point of view um, of why you would say that. Um, I just, yeah, I just, you know, he might not have the car there. It might be the fact of that he's, he just needs the time. He needs to get his feet under the table, as I keep saying. But, yeah, I just, I'm just i expecting to see some, and it's just just not quite there. He's, he, I, mean, I, I can't even find the words to summarise what I'm trying to say, but it, I suppose he's just not there. No, I mean, I've seen some of the comments. I think Fadia says that Nick says he's not a rookie, whereas Lugan obviously does. I think I saw, was that Thomas there put about Lugan had one year in F2, Nick had three. 2017-19 Formula E champion. Someone put his 27. It's it's tough. He's still technically a rookie, isn't he? Yeah, in the eyes of in the eyes of Formula One experience, he's still a rookie. You know, whether or not he's 27 or 17, well, 18 years now, isn't it? Yeah, either way you look at it, he's still classed as a rookie. And if you're saying you've got to give Logan time, you've got to say you've got to give Nick time. Yeah. Is he that far away from Yuki? Is he getting closer? I mean, yesterday, after qualifying, once they put the um, the performance issues in place, he was obviously spinning out the same pace a couple of times, wasn't he? And then yeah. when they were talking to him about it, and he, he kind of got on top of that, you started to see a bit of 
improvement in his performance. So that tends to show how much of it's a car. Um, Alpha Tari have brought a new car more than Mercedes have, which has gone under the radar. So that will literally be like a new car to drive as well. So there's that element of it as well. From the team point of view, that's a brand new car. Everyone's saying about Mercedes getting used to upgrades and all of these things, but Alpha Tari have done exactly the same thing with theirs. But because they're not a front running team, no one's really picked up on that. I mean, Alpha Tari in general, um, you know, you, you're talking P12, P14. Um, it kind of is what it is. You know, yeah, we've we've discussed previously, haven't we, that you know how much they've kind of fell off and how much it almost seems as if Red Bull have. Would it be fair to say it? It seems like it's a bad relationship gone wrong, and they've almost been kicked to the curb. I think it was more a sideline while they sorted out what was going on with AlphaTauri and the you know obviously the the death of the Red Bull owner and how it was all being divvied up, the new management structure that went into place. Yeah. I do think there was a genuine sort of feelers out there about whether or not they were going to sell him. I think that now the decision keeping has been made and maybe that's where we're seeing the upgrades coming in. We're suddenly seeing this synergy they've been talking about with Helmut Marco and yeah, I said on the last podcast their driver lineup isn't a typical junior Red Bull lineup that we've traditionally had. So maybe we'll see some changes next year for that based on that but I do think there was a genuine are we going to sell this team or not and yeah. I think that's shown with their development this year so I think we'll go from one great team to another I tried my hardest to I tried my hardest to segue it was good I did so if there is any Alfa Romeo fans out there I apologise but yeah we're going on to Alfa Romeo next and you have Zhou Guangyu P9 and Valtteri Bottas the man with the mullet P19 can we talk with Joe because I think Joe is I think he's driving a brilliant season. I think he's outperforming Bottas quite regularly now. He's, he's showing week by week, isn't he? Yeah, that's for sure. You can't he's driving good races this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And um, Ashley's put there. Bottas is having a, a nightmare. Absolutely. I don't know what is up with Alfie Bottas this year. There was a part, right? There was a part where Bottas came out of the pits and George Russell went past him. He must have been sat in that Alfa Romeo watching that Mercedes go past him and he must have been sat there going, that was, that, that was me. Yeah, was I wish. Me. <laughs> <laughs> he, may, he must be hard. Um, I mean, we, we don't we don't think about it in context like that, do we? You know, you've got a driver at the top of your game, at a top team, and then... Interesting comment from Dave, though, that one. And um, he's there for enjoyment now, not competition. We've said this about Bottas on, yeah, a, yeah. on a multi-year deal. Did yeah. Williams, um, Williams and Mercedes, both of them, yeah. but did Mercedes keep him hungry by giving him a one-year deal? Did it force that competitiveness? Did it say, actually, you've got to prove yourself every single season in up, to, up to Lewis, but by giving him a multi-year deal, have you said you're you're comfortable? But that's the thing. I mean, you, you're looking at Alfa Romeo now, and it's like, what what's he got? What's he got to aim for? What what's his level? What's what's to achieve for? Because he's got nothing to pr- prove against Yo Guan Yu. He doesn't need to prove himself against that. He doesn't need to prove himself against the guys that he's in and around anymore, does he? So that's that's a very valid point in terms of now what is Valtteri Bottas now fighting for? Well, I think there's a couple of comments. Fadia said that he's not going to get the um, the Audi drive. Martin says, I think he said he's proven that he's not a multi-year contract driver. Dave's pretty he's waiting for the Danny Witt payout. They're all valid points, aren't they? All yeah, of them. Right. We, we know, we, we've said this countless times on the podcast previously, that Alfa Romeo are in that limbo. And that ain't going to change over the next couple of years, is it? Let's be honest. Let's face it. Should, should we um, start Valtteri Bottas to Haas, partly Alfa Romeo yeah. deal? Strange things happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, actually. Oh, Haas up here. Quick. Can you imagine Gunter and uh, Bottas? Gunter and Valtteri. Do you reckon Valtteri get him to have a mullet? 
That'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? Gunter with a mullet. That'd be you know, I, just, I just think Joe's proving himself. I think it's great to see him proving himself. He knows that he's he's got, you know, long-term he wants to be in the sport. He needs a seat. So it's great to do, see him actually Do you reckon he can take performing. the step up, though? Yeah, I think so. Do you reckon? I think that? so. I thought he drove really well. So that Alfa Romeo isn't the best car on the grid. And he, he put it in the points. So what I'm trying to get at is if, if another team, for example, came in for him, where it, it, theoretically, theoretically or hypothetically, should we say, if, it's, if another team was to come in for him, who would it be? Well, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because we know that Alfa Tauri will go down the Red Bull Junior route, don't we? I'd probably, I'd probably say um, McLaren. Don't know what to make yeah, McLaren, McLaren. Maybe Williams. Mm-hmm. But then is Williams not a step back? It'd probably be a step back. If he had to move, I think he's settled where he is. I think he wants yeah. to do the Audi partnership. I think that Joe wants to just stay as he is with with Alfa Romeo and, and be part of that. So I, I don't I don't think he's looking for a move. Yeah, I suppose it's all here. So it's whether they want him to be part of the Audi move. I mean, we we have no we have no idea what Audi want. No, or when so, they're stepping up. I know their I know their ownership steps up. I mean, we saw Pete Salber in the garage for the first time a long time today, didn't we? So yeah, it's been a long time since he was there. Right, Alfa Romeo fans, you've had your time. You've had your yeah. fun. That's as much as we got to ask. You got to stop watching something there. I have. <laughs> you like what I'm doing here? Um, I'm keeping tabs on you, Terry. I'm keeping tabs on you. It's you, not me. I don't. Well, you to me. Um, but yeah, let's move on then to, seeing as the hash chap's here. Henry, is, is he there? Henry, Henry is, all Henry, right on he, He's listening. Let's move on to Hass then. So you've got Nico Ulkenberg, P15, and Kevin Magnussen, P18. I think for Barcelona, the Spanish Grand Prix, they'll be heavily disappointed with that. Definitely. I mean, you look where Hulkenberg qualified. They will be gutted to be out the points with both their drivers and while out the points. They didn't look like they were traveling in the points. The only points they were getting on their license, that's oh, the closest they were getting. Oh, I'm sorry, but, you know, terrible. you can't qualify where Hulkenberg <laughs> did and then deliver performance like that. The tyre deg was bad. Yeah. But, uh, I think the race pace in general looked pretty poor. It's a Ferrari. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, we'll come on to them, but you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, we will come on to Ferrari, but I think the race pace generally looked poor, whether that's engine, whether it's a combination of both together. I mean, there was a couple of good moves in there. I think it was, I want to say it was Hulkenberg, where there was a car coming out the pits and he kind of went round it and come between the two. But other than that, it was literally just cars following each other around, which I know is F1, but they couldn't pass each other. They couldn't fight each other. They were just there. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> but yeah, Dan, is he upsetting you? No, no, I was upsetting. I was upsetting Dan with the Ferrari. I apologise, Dan. Yeah, I mean, has to to there, it, it was poor today. Definitely, we've always struggled with tyre deg. I've got a question. Do do we feel that Haas are too reliant on Ferrari development and Ferrari parts? Is it are they now at a point where they should be doing more for themselves? I understand that when they first come into Formula One, they brought a lot of Ferrari parts. That was good for them and good for the business model. But are we now seeing a team that are being hindered because they're using too many parts? We've talked about this with Mercedes, Aston Martin and development. And do we actually think that now that Haas should be doing more of their own development rather than relying on Ferrari for a lot more than just, just the engine? Yeah, they, they rely on Ferrari for a lot of their parts, let's be honest. Well, that's not just, you know, because, I mean, like we've already said, we'll come on to Ferrari. I mean, it's not exactly going well for Ferrari in any stretch of the imagination. It's not even that. It's, it goes back things. to that copying thing, doesn't it? From, yeah. from what, what Red Bull was saying. If you copy, you lose the ability to develop because you don't know how you got to that point. So it's very easy to copy something, but it's yeah. very hard to develop it. And are Haas a victim of that? Not copying because they buy it legitimately and genuinely, but by buying it in, they can't develop it. So they're kind of like buying it in, bolting it, and then relying on everything else. I mean, this is the comment I've made this comment before when, and you know, 
I don't know how many times I need to say, but when does Gene Haas get bored? It's a genuine question. When does Gene Haas get bored? Because they're not achieving nothing. They can't be. They can't be making much, if anything, in terms of monetary value and, and even well, they, they probably are these because of the cost cap. What in That's terms the of point. they're not they're not using it? Well, no, I think you know, they've they've Dave, got. Dave just made a valid point there. Wouldn't, wouldn't somebody like Haas be the perfect team for Andretti to come in and take over? Absolutely. Haas or Alfred Harry. Williams even, to an extent. Mm. Um, I mean, we said about takeovers. My issue with takeovers is you you lose a factory in, in an area, don't you move it somewhere else? That's the only problem with a takeover. So yeah. you're not bringing much to the sport in terms of jobs and, and teams by not adding an 11th team. But... For a team point of view, it would be good. Yeah, value to buy is increased, definitely. It's it's hard, isn't it? I mean, where do they go from here and what do they do? And like you say, at what point does... We talk about the criteria, we saw it last year with Mitch Schumacher, like you touched on earlier, and the criteria yeah. for bringing in. This season lineup was brought in to give them points. That's why they went away from a Ferrari driver, academy driver, why they went away from that. And they brought in season professionals as such, but they're not getting the results yet. The, the thing with that is now, though, it was got, got, just a comment there that kind of pushed me into this direction in this thought process, really. But there's kind of no excuse now either, because the, the teams down there, we can see it happening because we've seen Aston do it now. Yeah. I mean, just seems to come up with a point of the jack there during the pits. I mean, it's ridiculous to say, and the guy fell out, the guy slipped. <laughs> You know, he, he slipped and it's, you know, mistakes happen. Um, you know, they do happen. And unfortunately, they always happen when you're under pressure. But yeah, I think the Haas one for me, they're just floating. They're just floating about and it's it's not a good look for them. But there's no excuse now. Like I was just saying, you've seen Aston that have gone, right, let's get serious now. Let's get a model together. Let's put a plan in action. We've got a five-year plan. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And it looks like that's the case. It looks like they're actually getting their heads together and going, let's do it. So why can't Haas, Williams, Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri, et cetera, et cetera, do exactly the same? Especially when the money's not as important as what it previously was. But anyway, yeah, like we say, I don't think Haas are going to be thoroughly happy with that. No, I think they just want to move. I think they just want to move on from it and quite rapidly get on their way to Canada. And and good segment that you're going to come to there, Terry, because we're going to do exactly the same. And we've upset a few people here now. Because we're going to move on to McLaren. And what seemed, right, what seemed like was going to be an absolutely fantastic race all went Pete Tong. So um, you've got Oscar Piastri, P13, and Lando Norris, P17. Now, I did warn in my TikTok earlier that Lando was going to fall off quicker than the ice cream in the Spanish sun. I didn't quite <laughs> expect it to be like that. Did you it, say it like that, though? I did, actually, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I did call Lando falling falling <laughs> off. I mean, okay, contact first. That was a lucky for for Lando. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. I mean, look, the, the contact, the contact wrecked his race. Yeah, it, it seemed like there was a few out there trying to look for blame, but it, it was just a racing incident, wasn't it? It was. The, the Ferrari slowed down to to avoid Max. The knock on effect is Lewis then slowed down, and the knock on effect is that he just caught Lando out. It's unfortunate. It happens in motor racing, doesn't it? But you're right. It took his race, screwed it up into a ball, and chucked it in the bin, basically, didn't it? Yeah, maybe it's because Zach Brown was back. Who is Zach Brown again? Can we just um, remind? Clarify in the comments. Just clarify in the comments between <laughs> yourselves. Who is Max Brown, and what is he? They are. Zach was there. Exactly. He was back. Oh, he was back. Maybe there's the an answer. You, you look at Maybe Zach, it's simple right? as that. Do you know what? Don't worry about development. Zach, if you're watching, just pop over to the IndyCar when the F1's on yeah, and we we'll see exactly. how the results stack up. McLaren, we might have just solved all your issues for yeah. you. McLaren, if you are watching. Zach, if you are watching, Andrea, Stella, anyone? Is there any, anyone here from McLaren? Anybody watching? <laughs> 
Interesting comment about facilities, though, because theirs, theirs was an amazing factory, and it looks yeah. great, but in terms of their wind tunnel stuff, it is quite outdated. At the time, Woking was obviously, yeah, the all-seeing, all-dancing factory. Now, it's not behind the times like some of the teams, but it is outdated. They've got the new wind tunnel, they've invested in it. They went through that stage, didn't they, with um, Ron Dennis and almost going bankrupt, where they didn't invest in anything, really, down at the factory. So we know they've made st- structural changes with... Obviously, Rob going from Red Bull to there as well. But all of this is next year. All of it's like 1st of January 2014. It's not even going to impact next year's car. It's too long. It's too long to wait. And do you know what? It's a very interesting fact that you've just made there about Rob moving from Red Bull. I mean, I talked to you yesterday about the comments that Helmut Marco made in terms of... And I'm I'm going to giggle when I say it now because it's the (laughs) gift that just keeps on giving at the moment. Um, But no, he was was asked in the press, you know, what do you think about Rob going to McLaren? And he, he, he sort of said, look, it wasn't even along the lines of, you know, congratulations and all this kind of stuff and whatever. It was more, the first thing that came out of his mouth was cost cap. How are McLaren doing it? Because they're rumoured to be paying him four or five times his calorie or, or whatever. Uh, calorie? Uh, salary or whatever. <laughs> Easy to you get in trouble for that. Um, yeah, sorry, Zach. Um, yeah, it just, I don't need to care how McLaren are doing it. He's... Is probably I'm not a McLaren fan, and oh, the, way I, the way I look at it is, I don't see why Red Bull should care why he's doing it either. It's it's not their accounts; it's it's out of their hands. Do you know what I mean? It's if McLaren are doing something naughty there, then surely at the end of the season they'll get found out. Exactly, and like I said, when you asked me that question and you sent me that clip, let's remember that Rob was actually working for Red Bull Powertrains, so there would be a, a large chunk of his salary offset from that, if not all of it. So he wasn't working in the Formula 1 team or he was doing some stuff on the Formula 1 team but it's due to the maintenance of the engine and we know that we know that the engine's got a cost cap but it's got a separate pile it doesn't come into the cost cap it's where it all gets a bit confusing. However, his salary wouldn't be in Red Bull salary so it's kind of by the by on that front and like you say if the FIA have got this accountancy in place for the cost cap now we've only had one year of it we haven't had you know, last year's results or anything like that else but they know what goes into that they know what teams are offsetting they know what's going on they've probably got more knowledge of it this year having dealt with it in the first year and like you say that's up to the FIA that's just chucking grenades out there with no truth beyond it no one knows what their cost cap is no, no one knows what this, their salary is this, this is this is what I'm saying you know it'll be interesting to see like the comment you just made there about Rob obviously having the um having the side of the garage where he's been working with Ford and the powertrains, it'll be interesting to see what powertrain McLaren end up with. Called it first. Um, you know, will will that be a tie-in with Red Bull? I think it is. I, I said in the video when it, when it first announcement made, it makes perfect sense. You've got the person who's helped design a Red Bull powertrain going to McLaren. Um, Red Bull has said they will they will supply the teams because it's when the precious Mercedes have actually put on the FAA as part of the engine freeze, saying that if they're now an engine supplier, they need to supply more than just them and Alpha Tauri. My argument back to that is then, is, is, is that not a dangerous game for Red Bull to be playing then? Because if they then, if they then start supplying the, the same engine that the guys designed to the team, that's an upper hand to McLaren, surely? Yes, so no, because you could argue same with Mercedes and Aston Martin, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. See what I mean? It's, it's one of those ones that you've got to have the engines in Formula One. And um, having the person who designed that engine is going to be helpful because you can then design your car to fit that engine if you know what it's going to look like. We know that Red Bull powertrains have fired up their engines. They've got a good idea of what, what it's going to be in 2026. At the end of the day, we're you know, coming up to the halfway point in 2023. A lot of teams will know what the engine's looking like. They are going to put it because they don't have an Asian Newey, but they have got you know David Sanchez from Ferrari to design a car. So And Garden and Neve. Okay, so 
how do we manage Gordon and Eve from this point of view? Because you've got David Sanchez on Gordon and Eve from Ferrari. You've got Rob Marshall now on Gordon and Eve from Red Bull. Do they meet? Do they talk? How, how, would, you, how would you manage that? I don't think you can. That's what I'm saying. So how would you know that? Can. How would you know that a coffee somewhere, a, a diagram somewhere, a, a WhatsApp, a FaceTime? Yeah, I mean Dan just put five minutes up on her up on McLaren. Oh, um, come on, we're enjoying it, Dan. You know. Is it fair Conspiracy to say... Conspiracy theory on McLaren. We, we will. We will move on, Dan. Don't panic. We, we will move on. But is it fair to say... Can we, can we say it today? Can we say it? Can we be a little bit controversial? Oscar, Oscar Piastri outperformed his teammate. I still think he will win in the season. And we'll leave that on that bombshell. You, you decide <laughs> You decide what you make of that. Uh, but yeah, McLaren aside then, I think we've, uh, we've dwelled on McLaren too much. Um, overall, I don't... You know, it was positive yesterday. You know, you had Zach slamming everyone's hands into another galaxy yesterday, giving them high fives because he was so exuberant. But yeah, it... it, it all, points it, Saturday and it, it's a sprint exactly. It all went Pete, Pete on. But let, let's, uh, let's swiftly move on then. We're going to get a little bit more positive here. We're moving on to Alpine. Now, you've got Esty Bestie. Although somebody mentioned to me yesterday, they can't believe a grown man actually calls himself SD Bestie. He doesn't, for clarification. If you are here watching, he doesn't. It's what the fans have called him. Are you sure? SD Bestie. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. That's wrong. SD Bestie P8 and uh, Pierre Gasly P10. Now, Alpine. I'm going to start with Alpine. What, Terry? What have <laughs> Alpine been putting in the tap water? BWT. Like, what is going on? Talk to me. In what way? The fact they've turned a the corner? They've more than turned a corner, though, haven't they? I mean, we always knew the Alpine was slippery in a straight line. We've known that for, you know, the last three or four races, we've known that. Yeah. But they've now got a competitiveness in terms of track speed as well, in terms of corner, low corner speed. They have. I mean, they, this is the Alpine we kind of expected in Bahrain, wasn't it? There was a lot of talk going into Bahrain that Alpine had done some stuff with the car and it was a lot better, the engine was a lot better. Um, and it kind of feels like after what, I think, well, officially it's round eight, but round seven, isn't it? But it kind of feels like we've now got the Alpine that should have been in Bahrain that's now in in the forefront where it probably would have challenged the likes of Mercedes Aston Martin from the start of the season if it had been in it. Yeah. I mean, it looks like at the moment, it looks like you've got two very good competitive drivers at it with each other and at it as a collective for the team as well. I mean, granted, I mean, we don't normally dwell in or we don't normally dip into the Saturday, but I think it's fair in terms of Pierre's because he got the, du- he got the double penalty. So he got yeah, a penalty yeah. for impeding Carlos Sainz. And he got a free place group penalty for impeding Max Verstappen. Yeah. I think they were both slam dunks. Yeah, definitely. You can't get away from it. It is what it is. It's it's black and white. I think it's those sort of mistakes that I questioned yesterday for the team anyway. How do you avoid them? How do you get rid of them? Is it the team not telling the driver? Is it... Is it the team are telling the driver, but the driver's just ignoring, ignoring them? What, they, you know? They're too reliant on, on the team. You know, I, I think I think it was, was it David Coulthard who was on about, you know, the, the one instant, which I'm sure we're going to come on to, but checking mirrors. Are the drivers have been too reliant on the team to give them information and, and just losing that awareness? A bit like driving your car when you've got a camera in it, isn't it? You don't check around as much, you just look at the screen. Is that what's happening with, with the drivers currently? I mean, Martin's just put, I've sent you a video where he shouts, Esty Besties on the podium, baby. See, I told you. That's worrying. I still believe, though, I I still believe that with the two of them, it's Tinderbox. I don't believe it's as nice on the outside. They, they're not, they're not together bit, fighting. I, I get what you're saying. It does seem a little bit forced at the moment. I mean... It feels safe. Right. I'm, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso. What on earth was happening there? What was he? What was he thinking? I mean, it's all levels of uh, 
look, we're we're in the sport, it's racing, I get it. But the pit lane exit weren't there. Fernando's in a wall. It's disgusting driving the way I yeah. look at that. But then why was that not a penalty? If we go back to Yuki yeah. and the like, FIA. This is this is the inconsistent you know, thing. And that, that's my point. If you ask me penalty wise, which one I'd say, I'd say that was a slam dunk penalty, Yuki's yeah. ball zone. Yet Yuki pits at five seconds and that got away with it scot free, which if there'd been contact would have been probably yeah. the fastest when the cars had gone. I mean Justine's just in, just, in, just but there, Alonso's brushed it off though, he hasn't said it. He, he said it was we'll come on to Fernando in his in his new attitude when we get to yeah, Aston Martin yeah, we will. we've got um, a theory on that one he just he just seems at the moment Alpine just seem to be going in the in the uh. I'm not going to, I'm not going to overhype them because you know for a fact you're going to overhype them. They're going to get to, uh, what's the name in two weeks time and they're going to go straight and fall off a cliff. But they'd be positive for that, weren't they? They, they, they were better and better. the cars were performing better. And um, Rossi would be much more happy with the performance. And from that point of view, he will remember Alpine will just be, what's Breaking that? news, I'm going to stop you there. Graham's been having a tipple. Ocon will replace Lewis. Graham, too much sun, mate. That's what that yeah. is. Too much sun. I mean, it happens, doesn't it? You know, sun's out, people get out and there they exactly. enjoy this. The Sunday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Alpine wise, so let's summarise Alpine. Yeah. I think they'll be positive with that. They'll be positive. Yeah. I think they would have been better without the penalties. However, their performance will be encouraging. The, the upgrades they've made didn't actually bring any upgrades to Barcelona or none reported, which was interesting. They did put a few on for Monaco, obviously, and they were the cancelled Imola ones. But in terms of this weekend, didn't really actually bring anything new to the car. It was pretty much what was in Monaco, just set up changes. So. Like a prancing horse. We're going to oh, bolt. We're going to bolt. We're going to bolt onto our back legs. And we are going to go on to... Oh. Ferrari fans, right, I, I don't have an easy way of saying this, right? But we're now moving on to Ferrari. So, brace yourselves, buckle <laughs> in, and prepare for the bumpy ride. you got, so, five, you got five minutes, Dan, you know, if you want to give me yourself a drink or something and come back. Yeah. yeah. Matt's got his timer on. Ferrari fans, if you, you do want to go and make an alcoholic drink, it's fine by me. Go for it. Tea, coffee, whatever you like. So you've got Ferrari, then you've got Carlos Sainz P5, Charles Leclerc P11. What what an absolutely awful weekend, start to finish. Start to finish. I mean, you, you, you've got, you, you're pinning your hopes on, on Carlos Sainz, aren't you? And I'll... I'll, I'll <laughs> Is that mistake number one? <laughs> well... <laughs> Is it fair to say that? Is it unfair to say that, right? And and this is the point I'm going to get onto now, especially with Ferrari. And they, they do this time and time again. So they come over to Carlos on the radio. Plan A seems to be the best plan for us. Fair enough. Seems like you've got a plan in place. That That's good enough for me. That's fine. You then come over to the radio. Well, actually, we think we're about planning, changing to another plan. What do you think? Carlos is like, I'm fine on the tyres. Pace seems good. Let's stick with it. You know, a few laps later. Pits. Okay, fair enough. But then not only after that, they then go back to Carlos and say, uh, well, Carlos comes over the radio, I think we should then be covering off Perez. But Perez is already on the hard tyres. If Red Bull wanted to keep Perez out on the hard tyres, they could have. They should have gone all down them hard tyres, mate. <laughs> they could have gone all the way to the end of the race. So you're talking about covering off a driver, which effectively has already covered you off. It's like you're always two steps behind. With Ferrari, and that's the, that's the, the frustrating thing for me with Ferrari at the moment. But they, never, they, they have all these upgrades, Matt, and there's all this big what, talk, what, isn't there? What have they done? Um, I've got another fear on this as well. Did they make a mistake with Friday practice? They messed about with Leclerc's car far too much this weekend. We know he was starting from the pit lane. He did well to recover from the pit lane, 
in terms of where he finished because they did change hell of a lot on yeah. that Ferrari. However, when you think about in FP1, they ran that different setup where they ran Charles had the old setup and Carlos had the new setup designed to get that direct comparison, wasn't it? That testing data. Then they completely changed Charles's car to the new setup for FP2 onwards and he had problems ever since that point. Now, that's a lot to change on a car. Were they asking for trouble by, by doing that? Is what I'm saying. Was the start of their weekend problems there by going... This is what we're going to do. We're going to change three quarters of the car with rear suspension, bodywork, etc., etc. Is that asking for trouble and depart for me? You wouldn't normally make that sort of changes. You know, free practice is about tweaking. But that's the thing. I mean, have they, have Ferrari gone, oh, we've looked at Mercedes bringing a B-spec car. We've, we, we've seen Mercedes do it. We can do it. And it just, it just, I laugh, right? Because it frustrates me because we talk about this all the time. Ferrari are the pinnacle of motorsport. They are, and they haven't done anything to warrant that to continue of late. They really haven't. I, I heard a statement yesterday. Somebody said to me, Ferrari are washed. You know, there's no coming back for them. And if they continue on the the current development path that they're on, I hasten to say it, but that might be correct. But I've got an interesting stat for you, which might shock you. Wrong. Did you know that Charles was closer to Perez than Perez was to Max by the end of the race? Just a sip my coffee while that one sinks in. <laughs> what are you getting at? What I'm getting at is Charles Leclerc's is, if you look at his car and how he performed, yeah. I think he performed well with what he, he actually had. Right. But it was late to the party because of the setup changes. I'll go back to Friday, I'll go back to that. I think he is completely shot of confidence, Charles Leclerc is. Do I think That's he's a good driver? Absolutely. Do I yeah, think that he yeah. might need to move to re-energise himself? Yes. And, and I think that's, that's where we've, to... we've, I think we've both got to that agreement now, haven't we? You know, I, I texted you yesterday and, and I, I did it to a few others of the group as well. Um, and my genuine question was to the Tafosi and, and all the Ferrari fans that are out there, when is enough? When is enough for Ferrari and the Tafosi to go, actually, it's not working? I understand that they're committed. I understand that they're passionate fans and that they will back their driver to the hilt. But there's only, and, and excuse me for saying, this about Charles because this might upset a few people but how long do you back a dead horse <laughs> I, I like, I like, the, I like the pen there's your headline statement how long do you back a dead horse how many years what I'm trying to get at is is if the team can't get the development right if the team can't sort out their own pitch strategies everything behind the scenes that we know that's going on at Ferrari they can't sort that out and then you add into the mix that you've got a driver that's shot on confidence and just isn't feeling connected isn't feeling intertwined with that team it's a, it's a bad recipe. It really is. It is. And how much of this is Fred Vassar trying to sort things out behind the scenes? Yeah. We know we've still got, we've still got Lauren Mechie sat on the pit wall. I mean, we talk about garden leave. We've got all these people on garden leave. You know, David Sanchez on garden leave. Lauren Mechie is still sat on the pit wall next to him when he's joining Alpha Tower next season because no one can negotiate his exit. Mm. And while he's there, his head's not in the game. He's not there next, next season. Yeah, and, 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 and you wouldn't blame him if he's already thinking about his future role. No, I mean, he's, he's got no Dan, Dan's put Fred's, Fred's just observing, but at what point do you stop observing and start making action? There but comes then, a point when you have to make a switch. This is the thing with Ferrari, right? This is the thing with Ferrari, right? I actually genuinely think Fred would be the right guy for them. I genuinely do, hand on heart. I think Fred's he's bullish. He knows what he wants, and he'll go in there, and he's not afraid to make the changes if it needs. The problem with that is... If you've got the on-track issues with drivers, and I'll take Carlos out of this because, for me, Carlos is performing. I mean, okay, he didn't go to, to plan today, but he's performing. Charles looks shot of confidence. We can see that. Yeah. But will this thing come back to the same old where Ferrari go, oh, we're going to make a change at the top, and then Fred gets the boot again, like Matteo did? 
It's, it, the crossover, though, isn't it? Martin's part on there about giving time like James Vowles. Ferrari don't have a luxury of time, though. That's no. the issue, because they demand results. I agree with what you're saying. He's, that's what he needs. But will we have that time from the higher-up people at Ferrari? And we know that we've got 2024. We know that we've got both of their drivers ripped for contract. We know they're talking to Charles about a possible extension. If they make the wrong choice with that driver lineup. You've got this for another couple of years as well. They've got some really big, bold decisions to make with not only their management team, but whether or not they go all in with Fred on what he's asking and say, because he must be asking stuff beyond the doors. He's a seasoned pro. I can guarantee he's sat there going, I want this, I want that. It's how much of it he's getting or how much is it is uh, Marinello politics that's stopping that from happening. Yeah, I just for me, with the Ferrari guys, I'm I'm just seeing chalk and cheese. I'm just seeing polar opposites between the two of them. You know, one's, one looks like he's, one looks like he's driving without the pressure. One looks like he can handle the car and the other one just looks massively out of his depth at the moment. And that's because it looks to me like he's shot of confidence. I mean, you look at Charles's interview yesterday. It was very erratic. It was very, don't like the car. Don't know what's going on. You know, the corners were wishing and not really seeing that from Charles before. But then data did back him up. If you look at the data, yeah. he clearly has an issue with left hand turns. Yeah. And that, that was evident with, the data comparison between the two so and the fact that they don't know what it was they changed so much on this car i know they said they're going to send it back for testing um but there it's literally saying for ferrari different year how yeah many years can, how many years can we say that though how, but, how, but strategy as well wasn't it i mean charles went off on the hard tires on the pit lane pitted what about lap 17 really why really they, why why, this, why? you know I'm, I'm watching that and i'm going that's He's on the hard tyre. That that should be going mid-race easily. And but is that the issue? Is it mid-race? their cars are just chewing up the tyres? Is yeah. that what the problem is? That that they just can't control the tyres? We all know that the tyre deck is key. Is it as simple as this where this strategy keeps looking wrong because they put the tyres on expecting it to go like a Red Bull, like a Mercedes, like an Aston Martin, that you can go 20, 30, 40 laps, but actually it drops off so much because something they're doing with their car yeah. that suddenly they're like... <gasps> Got to change that. And then it's all a panic then because we were expecting to put on lap 20, lap 30, lap, lap 40, but suddenly we got to go in now. And then we've gone from hard to medium where the tire day's even worse. Yeah. Look, I, I like I like Charles as a driver. Like you said at the start, I do I do rate him as a driver and I, I do want to achieve, uh, or I do want to see him achieve something in the sport. It would be really, really nice. You know, he had that season where he was so close and he was taking it to max. Um, and I'll be honest, I feel like that was Ferrari's closest chance that they're possibly going to get in years to a, to a championship. I still go back to Martin's point there. It still changed when the floor heights were raised and yeah. they had to change their floor. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, flexi floor was all about Red Bull. It wasn't. No, it, was, it seemed it was, it was all about... It was Ferrari. Ferrari. They admitted it at the time they had to change it and they've never recovered from that point. Look, I mean, Ferrari fans, I feel for you. I really, really do. I don't see a, a massively positive outlook. Um, I don't know where your season is going to dwindle off to this season. I mean, at the moment, you're behind Aston Martin and Mercedes and Red Bull. So it just seems like you're slipping further and further away. And with the improvements of Alpine slowly lighting a little tinderbox there as well, you might even find yourselves further down behind Alpine. And, you know, at what point during that part of the season do you then go, wow, dramatic changes need to be made? But who knows? Who knows? I mean, they might turn up next week and it might have an absolute rocket ship. And that's the thing with Ferrari, isn't it? That's the frustration. But yeah, I mean, look, Ferrari aside, unless anything, anybody's got anything burning that they want to ask about Ferrari, I think... Martin's got lifetime to recover. I think you might all have uh, a few dark corners to dwindle into tonight. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. It doesn't get massively better 
Ferrari fans, so don't so don't dwell too much. Yeah, we're, going to, too much. we're going on to Aston Martin now, so and we are going on to Aston Martin because they've slipped. That's yes. why we're going on to Aston Martin. You've got Fernando Alonso P7, but Lance Stroll P6. I'm not going to say Lance outperformed him. Controversial take of the weekend. Lance Stroll <laughs> outperforms Fernando. Outperformed Do you know what? Though? All joking aside, genuinely didn't see that coming. 110% didn't see that coming. I think my prediction at the start of the weekend was, what was it, Max, what did I say, Max Carlos and Fernando or something like that? Something. I had Max Lewis Fernando this morning, up until, up until this morning, to be honest, even after qualifying yesterday. Just It just looked, the car The car didn't have any race pace, did it? I mean, well, if, that's an, if that's an upgrade, well, I mean, let's, let's talk about it. It's their first big upgrade of the season. If that's an upgrade, there's yeah. two things here. Either, which I'm on to Mercedes, I know, you know, Alex is getting patient in the comments, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but either one's got it absolutely on the money and have completely blown out of the water, or one's taken them backwards. And this is where it starts to get a little bit interesting, because which one is it? And we can't tell after one race, if I'm honest. No, I think, I think you It's really hard to, to tell which, which one's which. But it felt race, like yeah. Aston Martin went, went backwards. They actually, out of the top four, they had the worst average pace of, of the top four in Spain, which goes to show with their results and won't surprise anybody. You know, I mean, I know in terms of the race pace, the average race pace, obviously Alonso and Stroll were pretty matched. Yes, because someone's kidnapped Fernando over the summer and replaced him with, well, I don't know what they've replaced him with, but suddenly Mr. Happy, I'm quite happy to just sit on Lance's gearbox for however many that's. Tell Lance not to, not to worry, I'm just coming for a Sunday drive behind him. Never mind attacking him, I'm just going to sit here and chill. But then you've got parts of the race where he's driving around the track and he's actually waving to the fans and you're like, yeah. what's going on? Where's where's Mr. Cool, Calm and Collective but Aggressive gone? That's what I mean. It just, it just baffles me that someone with Fernando's nature mm. was... And there's this whole political thing with Fernando that he's he's playing the, the, the cards and such. People have said that actually he's happy in the team. He knows he's not in a serious threat from Lance. He's happy to sit there and obviously Lance being obviously Lawrence's son, let's be honest. This weekend, I think... I'm sure Ashley put on there, did he bottle it under the pressure? of his home race, big expectations, home race. I'm sure Ashley put out earlier, I saw when we first started talking, there was so much promise for Aston Martin going into this weekend, you know, talk about the 33rd win, talk about the car being competitive. It never got off the ground. And I know he had that damage during qualifying, which I reckon was, what, four to six tenths he lost during that. But he didn't get it back in the race, did he? Even with a brand new floor. Lance um, Lance got past um, Hamilton, didn't he? After the um, clash with um, Hamilton and Lando. Um, and then it took, handful of laps for yeah he got hinted down quite reminiscent of what Aston were doing a few races back yeah well, that's, that's what I was just about to say it, it, from the Mercedes anyway from their side of things it, it looked pretty easy you know yeah I actually generally when I saw Lance go past I thought that's going to be a hard car to, to take in the race and, and it, it wasn't it really wasn't but yeah I, I get what you're saying with Alonso it's there seems to be a character change there but it's hard to say at the moment have Mercedes made that much of a game that it's, you know, Aston haven't changed. Aston, Aston are Aston, and Aston are what Aston were. That's what I mean, yeah. They, they made that little bit of a, a jump. But is it Mercedes that have made the game going forward, which, again, we won't we won't find out for a couple of races. But there's this development as well. So Aston made this ginormous leap. It wasn't a step, it was a leap into this season. Yeah, yeah. And getting that big gap down is quite easy. But when you've got to get those final tenths, when you've got to start getting into that, that zone, that's when it gets a very difficult game in Formula 1. And all the time your team's are upgrading around you. Yeah. You're no one's standing still. Everyone's upgrading at the same time. But this is the thing, right? You're talking about upgrades. Havana there, look. Perfect comment. Perfectly timed, Havana. You couldn't have even put that in a better place. 
What will it take for Lance Stroll to lose his seat? Lance's um, determination. If, if he's determined to win a championship, because their position, now third in, in the constructors, is based on Lance not scoring enough points from the first three races. Well, the first few races, I'll say not first three, the first few races. And I think I said before, uh, you've, they, you've got to capitalise on this when, you, when you're in the position they're yeah. in for the start of the season. You've got to. Alex should just put there, his dad's selling the company. Is, is that the only way? Is that, no, is, no. Is I that the only way around it? I mean, no, I don't think he will. I, I, I think he will make that decision because he's Lawrence a born winner. And when he's you're, he's a businessman. When you're putting the amount of money that he's putting Aston Martin, at some point he wants return. We've already seen he wants return for investment. He was ruthless with with Otmar. He was ruthless with the changes made. The way he hunted down Dan Fallows from Red Bull. The way he took him to court to make sure that he could get out of his garden and leave. And um, the recruitment to Mike Crack coming in just for you, Matt. That one was all of these things. <laughs> My crack. <laughs> all, the, all these things he he wants to win and he's backed it with the money so I think he will make that change but I think Lance has got that leeway at the moment because of that and I think Fernando's playing on that because Fernando likes the fact that he's got a teammate who is no threat to him mm. and is that Fernando being the team player or is that Fernando being self-preservation of I'm the star of everything and I like to be in a team whereas when he was at Alpine it was a lot more close fault wasn't it it was a lot more I was just going to say there on, on, on that comment that you've just made there is this so uh, if you look at Fernando Alonso at Alpine try and wear this correct, correctly is this <laughs> Were you looking at Alpine needed Fernando more, and now you would you would potentially say that Fernando is desperate to hold on to the seat at Aston because he needs Aston more than they need him? Yeah, I mean, I've got another. Do we think Alpine would be as far down with? Yeah, do we think in the comments that Alpine would be as far down if Fernando was still there? No, and that's the thing. Yeah, he will develop that car. Yeah, Seb did. Yeah, great yeah. work in getting the car to where it is. Fernando's carried that work on. Both of them great in terms of developing the car. Seb done some amazing work in the background quite clearly. And Fernando's carried that on. But Fernando's, you know, knowledge around the car is up there, isn't yeah. it? Let's be honest. When you listen to him talking and driving. But I suppose that's the point that I suppose a few are trying to make though. Alonso's not going to go on forever. We know that. Obviously he's, he's, is at the end of this year his contract runs out, but he's got an, an extension, hasn't he? At the end, yeah, of he's, got, he's got he's got one of these one of these um, option for but that's option for another year. That's dependent on the team as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a two way one. Normally, that one is. So, would you say if Aston Martin are going in the right direction, do you bite the bullet? And uh, you know that could be either Lance Stroll or Alonso. To be fair, I, th- no, I think you keep, I think you keep Alonso because he's getting your points and podiums. What, what, what's to say? You know, twenty twenty four silly season happens. You've got. I don't know. Let, let's Charles Leclerc. Uh, Charles Leclerc comes available. Lando comes available. You, you don't know, do you? It's tough call. It's if tough the call. team wants to go in the right direction, you, sometimes you have to make them bullish moves. I think Martin put he's only happy when he's a number one driver. If Lando is, I'm sure it was yeah. Martin. Apologies, he wasn't. But absolutely yeah. spot on. We've said that yeah, we've seen that back in his McLaren days, and yeah. I don't think I don't think Alonso is trying to mould Lance. I think he's passed on experience because why wouldn't he? I think he just likes being put it this way. There's definitely no little brown envelopes of money exchanging hands in the garage there. No. And Alonso, if you are watching, we know it happened. Don't try and lie about it. We know. <laughs> Did you like the sky graphic with um, Flavio Biatori there when it actually put the Aston Martin results like, underneath no. him like he was part of Aston Martin on the grid walk? Yeah, but on the grid walk when he was talking to Martin Brundle, it actually pulled up all the Aston Martin graphics like it does when you talk about the team. You know, starting <laughs> and starting this. I was like, <laughs> so that's not a good move, Sky. Oh dear. But yeah, I mean, Aston... Oh, yeah, that was Dave. Apologies, Dave, if that was you about, about Fernando being the number one driver or brown envelopes or whichever one it was. 
We'll see. Tom, Tom will tell with Aston. We'll see whether it's Mercedes that made the leap forward and Aston haven't moved. Yeah, I suppose. Um, you know, Aston will be frustrated. With yeah. The no, Ian, no backward step, it fouls. Let's, yeah. let's, let's move on. We are moving on to Mercedes. And, right, whether I'm sat here in a Mercedes top or not, whether you know I'm a devout Mercedes <laughs> hardcore fan or not, what an absolutely fantastic race. Fantastic race. So you've got Lewis Hamilton. In case anybody did miss the uh, result, you've got Lewis Hamilton P2. Yes, Lewis Hamilton P2. And George Russell P3. So the Mert boys. Always a double podium. Well, uh, well, effectively, I mean, you get matched out the race. It's a one-two, isn't it? <laughs> it's a one-two. So, <laughs> however you want to look at it, it's a one-two for Mercedes because Max wasn't in that race from start to finish. So um, effectively for us, that's a win, mate. And we'll take it. We'll take it any day of the week. I'm taking it. It's a win. It's a win. Um, but yeah, what a fantastic race. I mean, look, there was the, the opening lap with Lewis. I mean, Lewis got a good start. There's no he denying it. He got, he got a good start compared to uh, Lando. And he got the jump on him. And then we know what happened when he obviously clipped him and whatever else that went on from there. George, likewise, George had an absolutely unbelievable start off the grid. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. I can see you bursting at the seams to chip in. Wait. Let me get there. He had an absolutely blinding start off the grid. He did. However, let's clear the elephant in the room. We know. Was it Zhou Yu he avoided? Possibly, possibly. I think it was Zhou I apologise if, if I'm incorrect on that one. But anyway, he avoided the car. Sky looked into it. He took to the escape road and accidentally, accidentally overtook five cars down the escape road. Um, <laughs> do you want to? Take from that? No? Yes? <laughs> if, he will be glad that they made the adjustments to turn one. Let's be honest. He will yeah. He will be thankful that they made that. With regards to what he did, ironically, it's legal. He took the escape route, which is in the director's notes, so that's what you have to do in that situation. Well, he's, he's you have to follow the, the escape route. It's a classic Formula 1 loophole. I'm sure Martin's sat in the comments ready to come up with the the vagueness <laughs> of an FIA rule, which once again is, is, George again is open to interpretation. It's not legal, believe it or not. He didn't break any rules. That's why it was noted and then swiftly went away. He knew what he was doing. Absolutely, he knew what he was doing. Mercedes knew what he was doing by making sure he didn't give the places back. It's one of those, isn't it? He, he made it places. In terms of his performance, I mean, he was driving that hard. He was sweating at one point, weren't he? Ah, oh, you know what, right. It, it's funny you, you segue <laughs> onto that bit. And, you know, George comes on the radio. It, it starts to spit in... Um, what was it? Starting to fit, spit in turn <laughs> five. Spitting turn five. I'm sat there going, oh, oh, yeah, come on. We're, yeah, we, we're doing it again this weekend. We're going to have a bit of rain, a bit of excitement. It's going to mix it up. And then a few laps later, he, he comes on the radio again, doesn't he? Um, is anybody else experiencing rain in turn five or is it just me? And they were like, no, it's just you. That might be sweat off your visor, George, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, it was a comedy moment of it. Do you want to look at the comments, Matt? Because I find the comments really interesting. Look, the bias is unreal. It's not unreal. He didn't break the rules. It's, it's you know, it's one of those which, again, look, if it had been not, anybody I'm, else, yeah, Dave's put it, officially no, ethically, yeah. I'm yes. not sitting here and saying I agree with it because no. I, 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 said, I said from the start, you know, that's why I said it under my breath because it's not that I agree with it. It's in, it's in the rooms and 
as annoying as it can probably say that it is for other fans, yeah, I can see that from your perspective, but at the end of the day, it's out of my hands. They don't make the rules. Yeah, it goes back to everything. Yeah. They didn't yeah, make the I'll rules. I'm sure we see a tightening of the rules. I'm sure that someone at some point, you know, I imagine the FIA directive will be coming out before Canada, which says something along the lines of, you know, if you gain a place during an escape route, you have to give it back. There'd be an amendment, but it's not there currently. Yeah. So but in yeah, terms yeah. of performance, though, I mean, let's talk about performance. Um, Mercedes were... The closest they've ever been to Red Bull, and that sounds really bad with Max's obviously dominant lead. But in terms of average race pace, obviously what we don't know is how hard Max was pushing. Um, however, Lewis was on new tyres towards the end and still keeping within 0.31 seconds on an average lap. So yeah, to I read mean, into that one. It got to the point at the end where it looked like George was going to get caught by Perez. Um, Never materialised really, did it, to be honest? I mean, Perez, again, I'll come back to Martin Brundle's statement Um a day late and a dollar short. I think it, one or two laps, you left it a bit too late. That position was there to be had. But listen, the Mercedes have brought the, and I'll do the inverted commas again. It was the Imola upgrade. We all know what happened with Imola, so that never got put into place. We were never going to see the development come to fruition in terms of Monaco. We we knew that from 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 the start anyway. Monaco is not the track that you bring upgrades to, so you're yeah. never going to see that put into paper. We knew Barcelona was going to be the track. Yes, they've made a step forward. It's fantastic to see. Um, the downside to it is you're still finishing 24 seconds behind Max Verstappen and the Red Bull. Yeah, I mean, Christian pointed out, didn't he, in the, in the press conference with um, Nico that he did in the pit lane. Yeah. When Nico was on about how close they were and Christian was quite quite flippant, but absolutely truthful. He was like, yeah. still 23 40, seconds on the mood. Um, yeah, and, and a pit stop, theoretically. Between Max and Lewis as well. It is. It is worrying. It is worrying. I mean, like like I said earlier, you know, and um, Red Bull fans are going to hate for me saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, you take Max out. That, that, we haven't come on to Red Bull yet. No, we haven't. But <laughs> what I was going to say is, you take you take Max out that race, and effectively, you've got a very good race, haven't you? You have. You, you've got the two Mercedes in there. You've got the Astons in there. The Ferraris are in there somewhere. Um, Alpines. Alpines. Um, it effectively becomes a very good race. And unfortunately, I mean, we'll call Manta Red Bull in a second, but yeah, a massive positive weekend for Mercedes. It's a positive weekend. It's like I said, it, it might be skewed by Aston in terms of yeah. were they bad or was Mercedes that much better? I think that's where the, the true comparison is going to come in the next couple of races where we see what happens with that. Because that'll be dialed down over the next couple of races. I mean, Alex yeah. is about upgrades. Um, there will be upgrades, but they're not going to be as fast and as swift as what people think they will be no. because of because of the cost cap. And that's the danger be, behind this. It's a good base model that they've got. They've changed the concept. It's pretty annoying as a fan to watch, if I'm honest, because suddenly you've seen this Mercedes with side pods and actually you think, why didn't they do this middle of last year? Chris, Chris has made a, a comment there. And we'll, we'll, uh, Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that comment. Don't you worry about that. I'll come back to that comment. <laughs> so I think from a development point of view, it's nice that you know, the update has given them positives. Yeah. There was always a concern that they were going to take a step back and that that might sort of we put the brakes on things. We both said that to each other. There's the, the it was a risk. We, you know, we, we thought it would be. That did. big of a change that you could end up going backwards. But yeah, Mercedes have always been good in Spain, and drones put that. It did sit in last year. Um, contract talks, pretty much a formality. We've been sent out for for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Lewis, really Lewis, really Lewis is just going to sign when they can sort it out. I 
I said that a few weeks ago yeah. when all that Ferrari talk was there. I don't think their driver lineup's changing. I've, I expect them both to have a, have a two-year deal and move move swiftly on, especially now that the car's probably in a place where... Well, I say they're happier. I say that Lewis is a lot happier with the car than George. In terms of the way forward right. and the changes. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there because I had a gripe about it yesterday and you're going to make me do it again today. So I'm going to have a gripe again, again today. <laughs> so George is annoying me lately. Let's just get this out of the way. George, if you're listening, any representative of George, you might as well turn off now because you're not <laughs> going to like this bit. Paddock pass now, mate. That's, yeah, Paddock pass gone. Sorry, Mercedes. <laughs> but I've just got to be honest with you. I'll wear my heart on my sleeve. Mercedes, we know, are this team that have got this, you do everything by the book, you fall in line, and you do it the way that we want to do it. Unfortunately, I'm seeing a bit, a little step back from George, and especially yesterday, he looked erratic, he looked annoyed. He looked like somebody had wound him up, spun him around 10 times, and then go, there you go, go into a press conference and, and spout loads of crap about us. I've not seen that from George before, and I said it yesterday. It looks as if George Russell's got a sense of entitlement. Where has that sense of entitlement come from, from George? He's got nothing. Is it from from last year? But this is the question. This is the question, right? And where has it come from? Because... I'm not being funny. George is a brilliant driver. I like George, don't get me wrong, and I think he'll be a future world champion. I've said this. He's got nothing to prove against Lewis Hamilton. The 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 chalk and cheese, the miles apart. They're on different platforms, they're on different they're on journeys. different scales of the of the different journey journeys. At the moment. Yeah. Different stages of their so, journey. That's what we call it. Well saved. Well saved. I was going down I was going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> you were going down a rabbit hole. I was, I was putting you back up, mate. Um, Think of the future of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you get my point though, don't you? Yeah. I mean, Dave, Dave put it on the boss house crash. Um, I think Ashley said he was expecting podiums. Absolutely. When he came back to Mercedes, he was expecting to be like Valtteri to be challenging yeah. at the top, regularly scoring podiums, maybe not picking off the odd wins. It's, but he needs to also play the team game. And going back to entitlement, I think maybe that's come from last year where he finished ahead of Lewis and that kind of gave him more of an entitlement, like you say, to this year. I think this year, Lewis has got the beating of him at the moment, quite handsomely, I must say. I don't think, if it carries on like this, we laugh at that. You laugh at the comments. I'm just, I'm just laughing at Alex <laughs> in the comments. So Alex is um, trying to get upgrades that are coming. Um, he yeah. might have the insight. To, but we'll move on, Alex. Yeah, we'll move on for that. But no, I think, I think you're absolutely bang on. I think George is not doing himself any favours with his radio messages and how he's come across in the media at all this season and last season, to be honest. Maybe the Ray Fitri last year did that as well. I don't know. But I think that he needs to take a step back and just calm down. 100%. And, and maybe just take five minutes before he does media. And maybe against, I, maybe I he needs to stop drinking monster drinks before the media or something. I don't I, know. I apologise for letting it warm me up. But over the last few days, it's, it's rolled me. I'll be honest with you, it's rolled me. Because it's not, you know, it's not the core blimey post George that, you know. <laughs> he Spitting. It is, yes, this sense of entitlement that it, it's a really, really ugly look. It's a really, really ugly look. Um, and if he, if he had a reason for the sense of entitlement, then yeah, fair enough. You know, like Lewis has got one. If he, if he wanted one, Lewis would have one. Max would have one, you know. But Lewis and Max have earned that, though, haven't they? That, then this is, <laughs> they, they've earned that. They've earned that entitlement. They wanted to it have comes from being, being from the results. And that, and that what it all boils down to. But let, listen, fantastic weekend for, for Mercedes. Great weekend. Let's, let's see if in two weeks' time they can yeah, re- replicate it and, and if not, better it. But yeah, shall we move on then to the one that everyone has been waiting for? And let's do the questions. 
Yeah. Oh, so, oh sorry, Red Bull. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we're done. We're, no, we're not. We're not done. Let, let's move on then to Red Bull. Oh. So, match for Stappen, P1, Sergio Perez, P4. This is the one that everyone has been waiting for. End of podcast. <laughs> goodbye. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Can't What's that, Max? Didn't need wing mirrors. <laughs> well, to be fair, right? Red Bull. He does need wing mirrors because he doesn't need a forward front because he, he doesn't see nothing in front of him. Yeah. Behind him is anything he does see. Well, he, he still doesn't need them, does he? I mean, a Red Bull can do an aero development change on that car and just take the just take the wing mirrors off altogether. They haven't got to work the aero around them, then. Have they? I think we've got. I think we've got to look at ultimately. We've got Max was he was never in trouble. We we joked about Max driving off into the Spanish sunset. He he did exactly that. Now I'm just going to look at that comment there. Checo isn't good enough. Checo actually came back really well from where he was. He he did right. And I'm I'm going to chip in with this one because if you heard, if you heard that interview between um, Nico Rosberg and Christian Horner at the time at the end of the race, I do kind of agree in a way with Nico Rosberg in the sense that yes, Sergio did well today, and he did. You know, you you can't you can't take anything away from him. He did do well, and he did pull it back. But at the same time. Is it enough? When you look at Max running off into the sunset and the car and the package that they've got, the whole complete package that they've got. I know Sergio's not Max and you can't compare the two and some say that he's never going to be up to his level. I get that. I just think controversial. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I just think you could put anyone in that second Red Bull car and it will be up there. I've said I agree. No, I agree that you'd be up there. But what, what is the benchmark for Checo? And I did see a video on it. It might have even been more than Martin's if you see it in the comments, where Martin said, what is the expectation of Checo? When Max hasn't won, Checo's won, and they're winning two in the championship in terms of driver standing, and they're running away with the constructor championship, which is what you have your second driver to do. Max is a faster driver. Um, he was always going to be faster today because he's in clean, clean air for a start. Checo's always going to be slower because... He's in the in the traffic anyway. So what is the benchmark for a success for Checo? Based on that he isn't going to beat Max. I think everyone's open to that. I think everyone in the comments would agree with that. His next best pace is second. Now, okay, last year he just missed out on that, didn't he? Was it Charles beat him on the last race? Last last year to second place. Controversial. Controversial. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? It was need, needs to stop dealing to his memory bank sometimes. Um but <laughs> But you've got, you've got Checo, Checo, he's in second place currently. And at what point do you just say, actually, he's doing a job as a number two, like Bottas did for Mercedes? Mm. Because he's doing the same thing for Red Bull at the moment. He's currently chipping in. Bottas had some mares and was down in the grid in the Mercedes. He just, it just seems with Perez that a, a little bit like Charles Leclerc, a little bit he's trying to, I mean, you saw it in Monaco and he, he slammed it into the wall, didn't he? It's, it's the, it gives me the persona, the perception that he's trying he's trying really hard to match Max. And as nasty as this is going to sound, he's not on Max's level. He won't. And then shows how what the problem with that is, because he's got the same car. He's looking at his telemetry. He's become obsessed with what Max is doing. Yeah. Rather than driving his own game, yeah. he's looking across the garage and going, where's Max better than me? Where's he getting those extra, extra you know, couple of tenths from? He's talking to the mechanics who are going through that at the debrief. So they sit at the debrief. They go, actually, you know, two and four, Checo, you know, Max is lifting off here, doing this. He then changes his driving style to try and compensate that. That's a not his natural driving style. Yeah. And then suddenly you're falling further behind because you're not driving naturally. You're forcing something. And we can go back to Danny Ricardo and McLaren. We can go back to all these drivers trying to adapt to a car. It doesn't always work that way. And I think that's where maybe Checo has been going wrong. 
I think Checo just needs to be Checo, but possibly he needs to do what Eddie Irvine did all them years ago, what Rubens Barrichello did all those years ago, and just say, actually, I'm a number two driver. And I can either be a number two driver in a top team like Red Bull and pick off wins when Max doesn't get them, or I can go somewhere else potentially and be a number one driver, and maybe I can yeah. mount a championship challenge. That's the crossroads that Checo's at in his career, and only he knows the answer as to whether or not he's willing to do that one. Is it a bit of an internal struggle with him? Jesse's just put a comment there. He can't handle the pressure. I mean, you, you look at, what was it? Lap 62, Perez told, and I quote, give it all, chase George down. But you're talking lap 62, 66. Yeah, but then the encouragement from Red Bull apparently was quite evident through that, hmm. from what I've heard, that actually it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, we always get the delayed ones on TV. They're actually, before that, there was quite encouragement. There was a lot of talk on the gap. There was a lot of talk on, on what to do. I mean, He's no, not on Max's level, and no one's on Max's level currently yeah. at the moment. And that's... I think, I think that's the thing. I think If you take that out, like you said, if you take that out, yeah. in terms of Max and his performance, and that's not disrespect to Max, by the way, before people say that in the comments, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you take Max out of the equation, the rest of the grid is actually quite bunched up. Yeah. So are we seeing a combination of Max that is most dominant, that is most controlling, how he is, and the rest of the field and knowing you, and because of that combination of car and driver that we've talked so much about, that between the two, like we saw in Lewis's Mercedes days, yeah. that I mean, you've got that terrific synergy, haven't you? It's a good point. There is this synergy there. Um, listen, you, you can't take away from Max. I think we've said that over the we've said that over the last few weeks. Look, Max is a brilliant driver. He's adapting. He's changing, um, and he's getting better at the, the smaller on on field or on track things that are making one of the greats. We know that. We've said that. I think. The most entertaining thing that happened to Max today was the track limits. <laughs> and even when he was told about the track limits, he sat, he sat there in the car going, where was I? Where? You know, <laughs> Five seconds weren't going to hurt him, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. And, but that, I mean, the funny thing about it was, what was it? Lap 63, GP comes over the radio to Max and says, okay, Max, bring it home. But within the white lines, please. That was after you defied and did the fastest lap, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sat there thinking, it'd be naughty from GP, wouldn't it? airing that on, online and but yeah um <laughs> listen right i'm gonna but is it, is it or is it or is it humor actually we're saying this controversial. Well, we don't know, do we? well actually we don't max know. sat there we in his voice having a right chuckle to himself going i mean dan's put oi oi five minutes is on red ball give it a rest <laughs> i've got one more segment we, to we, go can, we can't win can we with red ball we are the go we are the praiser and we're we're like criticized for it or this we don't give enough praise this is the thing when your team is at the top and you're winning you're going to be you're going to be criticized We've had it as Mercedes fans. You're going to be criticised. You're going to have teams wanting to pull you back. You're going to... I've said it before. How many years did we listen to Christian Horner screaming to the FIA, we need to stop Mercedes? Yeah. It's, it's the sport. It's the ugly side of the sport. Some people don't like it. Some people do like it. I'm going to drop a little bombshell for you, which is going to upset quite a lot of people in the comments. So you better brace oh. yourselves. Oh, yeah, we better do. brace yourselves. And I'm hoping Terry's going to back me up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what it is. <laughs> he might now just go, oh, my life's going to end. In, yeah. The internet's gone. I'm getting the map, map, the map Listen, famous internet problems. I'm not going to take away too much from Max. Max is a brilliant driver. However, however. You've done the however now, haven't you? Everyone's sat there. They, they're actually on, on the keyboard, ready to type. Brace yourselves. And I'm prepared for the, for the, for the, for the negative downfall that will come from it. <laughs> All I'm going to say on the matter is there is one team one team only that broke the cost cap 
I've said it. Listen, listen oh, let, me finish, let me finish. 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 There was one team that broke the cost cap. There's one team that is currently storming off into the lead. Whether you like that or whether you don't, I have gone there and I have said it. Now, Terry, what was the actual financial implications of said cost cap breach? Because you hear, you hear 400 grand, Ooh. you don't hear 400 grand. I've said it. You might as well you cover it. it. It's oh, the elephant in the room. I'm going to have to listen, delve into this, all right? Listen, listen. I am not the only one saying this, and this is no. not just coming from me. This is coming from fans. Right. Because, and I watch, listen, I watch, I watch the end of the race when Matt's crossed the line, and I'm looking at the, the Red Bull fans, the Orange Army, and I'm looking at them going, you know, you're normally seeing them bouncing around, chucking flares, they've got drink, they're having a good time. Mate, they weren't even clapping. So you can't be enjoying it. Red Bull fans, you can't be enjoying it. Right, here we go, right. So I've, I've seen the comments now, and this is Formula 1 media at its best. Yeah, and this is where I'm going to take my hats off to, to the people involved. £400,000. Now, I'm going to see that comment come up and up and up. Um, no, that's actually factually incorrect. And you can go on the FI website, I can put links up, and I can show you. Red Bull overspent by £1.6 million. Now, the 400000 comes because they didn't take into account a tax credit given to them by Her Majesty's government. Now, that's not that they only overspent by £400,000. They didn't take that into account. If they had taken it into account, it would have been £400,000, but they didn't. That's why they got the fine and the penalty that they did, because the FIA ruling says they overspent by £1.6 million, which is still a minor overspend, all the punishments were right but yeah. not 400,000. And it wasn't catering. There was 15 occurrences of departments where the FIA found stuff where they actually wanted to delve more into it. So offset costs and every various set of things to do with powertrains, to do with cars, lots of things, social security benefits, everything. So it's there, isn't it? And yeah, it was 2021. How much is that impacting now? It was, we haven't had last year's cost cap out. So where do we go with this? But it is a factual statement that they are the only team who were found to have breached the cost cap. Everyone submitted their, their costs. But there was one team who were over. This is the interesting thing, right? And there was you a know. comment there. There was a comment there that just came and said, look, you know, upsetting a small section of your fan base is not going to help you guys out. But at the same time, do, do we steer... And this is where I look at it, right? Do we steer about? Do we steer around the elephant in the room, or do we do we address it? Do we tackle it head on and talk about what everyone wants to talk about? It, and, it's Martin's point, point, though, and it's this is where it's it's an area set because would would it have helped Mercedes design a better car? No, I don't think it would have. No. But did it help Red Bull design an even better car? Yeah. And and they're they're the unknown. No one can, and it's not alienating fan bases because. There, there are some facts on there, and this is where you can't deny the job that Red Bull have done with the car, and they're not cheating, and they're not. There's nothing on that car that's illegal. I think we all agree that way. There's nothing wrong with the way Max is driving, absolutely brilliantly in that car. You know that room about 16s overspent, complete rubbish. It was actually Christian Horner, Helmut Marko in October who said that when they've been investigating themselves, little rubbish. There is no cost update out for last year, and that's my point. Literally there. And does 1.4 million by 25 seconds? I don't know, Martin. Does it? That's the, it's the difficult that's, one to that's answer. That's a question. That's a 1.4 million dollar question. Yeah, you're just never going to know the answer. And, and you don't know because it's two years ago. So what, what's happened? We could be sat here, though. We talk about cost cut when last year it could be six teams. It could be seven teams. It could be yeah. one team. It could be one team again. I don't think it would be for one minute, by the way. We don't know because we haven't got that data. And this is the cost cap is is great for keeping small 
small teams evolved with Formula 1. But also, it's bad in the sense that it creates this... Shall I say mystery around it? What's, well, it what's is, the right word It is it? because... It, it, well, it's the unknown, because we don't know. Only only the teams themselves know. And and, and as, there's only one team that actually knows what impact the cost cap has actually had on their team, and that's yeah. Red Bull themselves. And that then they're, they're never going to share that information, and neither do I blame them for, for not doing that. But I just and, think for me, the elephant in the room is, you know, you've, you've got one team stonking off into the distance and that one team is said team that had said advantage, no matter how big or small it was, it was an advantage. Whether you like that saying or whether you like me saying that one or whether you agree with it or not, I just think it's fair and it's consistent for us to talk about it. And I'd do exactly the same if it was Mercedes, Aston Martin. Who, I don't think it's all about that. I don't think we should take away the performance of the car no, and the driver. And, it, and, it, and, and that's, and that's where I think people get very confused with the two. Yeah. We, this isn't about taking any, anything away from the car that Adrian and the team designed. It's not taking anything away from Max. And also, it's not taking anything away from their part in any of this. Because ultimately, this is accountancy. Every Formula 1 team will have accountancy where they move stuff. You know, the top teams will. You know, Toto's got a got a degree in business management. You know, Lawrence Stroll has built a whole new factory outside the cost cap. So we're not saying that Formula One is squeaky clean by any yeah. stretch of imagination. There is some stuff that genuinely goes on behind closed doors that we still don't know enough about. And there are some things that just don't add up. Yeah. But in terms of the performance of the car, that is an absolute rocket ship of a car, which yeah. is being driven by Max spectacularly well and driven by a driver who is currently the best on the grid, no matter what. 110% agree with you. Yeah, I think what you're saying is just a fact. You know, someone's put form when we've put sport out there. That's it's how you offset these things, isn't it? It's how you say where where do you go with that comment? Because what you said is factually true. I mean, so for example, Luke's just put a comment there. I always think it's a cheap shot um, at Max and Red Bull to use the cost cut. I mean, it, it's not what we're doing. We're not, no. you know, just no. doing that to have a, a, a cheap shot at Red Bull or what, or what. That's not what we're about, and that's not what we're doing. So just, just you know clear that up but i just felt it was important that you know, i think your point is matt is you've got one you've got one car that's dominating and the rest yeah. of the field is actually closer together and, and i think that's what you were trying to say is that yeah, actually I think that's, that's exactly what i'm trying to say and, and that and that's not just coming from me that's coming from a fan base as well so that's just so let's just clear that up that's not just my perception that's from a fan base as well but i just thought it was fair to to, to bring that up and like you've said that's not um that's not us taking away from red bull that have done a, a fantastic job as much as it pains me, Christian Horner's doing a fantastic job with that team. It's a great job. It is what it is. You know, Max is driving absolutely fantastically. It's the same old um, saying that comes out, you can only drive what you're given. And Max is doing that, you know. Unfortunately, you can't say the same for, for Sergio, but Max is doing that. And, you know, that's ultimately what's going to win the championship for Max and, and the drivers and the constructors' championship for Red Bull, isn't it? So, you know, I don't agree with the comment, right? And this is this is where it gets a little bit different for me. The comment where, you know, we've had seven years or eight years or whatever it was of Mercedes dominance. I think the difficulty with that is, is the dominance was different. Yes, it was dominance. I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you in any way, shape or form with that. But it was a different sort of dominance, wasn't it? So you, you always had different teams in the mix, different drivers in the mix. It was never, you know one driver coming out and just hitting the field and, you know, clearing week in, week out, clearing the field by 20, 24 seconds. It's not a good look, is it, for the sport? Let's be honest. I'm just going to pick up a comment I saw there, so I find it really interesting. So this was from WCW 1997. Merch should overspend by 50 million only way to catch up. That's the difference. 
Now, Mercedes used to spend a hell of a lot more than Red Bull in terms of developing their car, loads more. And, you know, to the point where sometimes it was even double around what Red Bull would spend on their development. But the rules don't let you do that now to catch up. That's the point. It doesn't, it doesn't allow you, if you're abiding by the rules, it doesn't let you do that. So even if the teams wanted to, we saw the upgrades from the cars. They would have been here a lot quicker. We wouldn't be talking about taping up floors. We wouldn't be talking about all these things if the cost cap wasn't there. What's that one from Chris? That's not just what the teams are doing. Absolutely, Chris, that's what we're saying. We're saying that Formula 1 isn't squeaky clean. No, all these really teams not. have done it. It's all out there. But you can't spend that money to catch up on a car now at all. And it was done at rule change. Now, Mercedes did the same with hybrid engines. We all know about the, the tyre test that, that happened with Pirelli. We all know that all of those things that went on in the past with Mercedes doing, doing similar things, which, yeah, they, they got kicked off young drivers' tests because of it. All of these things happen in... Formula, Formula One, and they have them for, for years and years. Ferrari used to chuck a car around Maranello whenever they felt like it on a Monday morning, Michael Schumacher, in it? It's always happened. And interestingly, there's always been a period of dominance in Formula One. There's no getting away from that. There is and no have we been spoiled? That. But as 2021 spoiled fans, because have we got people thinking that every single race is going to be this spectacular shootout that 2021 yeah. gave us. And we talked about, was the biggest mistake the FIA made was changing the rules? Actually, yeah, that's, the, that's the ugly side. This is yeah. the right. And, and I think this is where it segues us on to the ugly side of Formula One, because the ugly side of Formula One is FIA sticking its nose in. Yeah, to that's slow cars down and change it. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. think and, and just right in there, every regulation right. change, teams, someone gets it right. The team should be bridging the gap, not the FIA. I completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, and it? it's the ugly side of the the business, should we say? That I think we can all agree that we don't like um, the inconsistencies that are in the sport. Um, it's it's just ridiculous, you know. I think I think the the sounding out facts for Red Bull at the moment is with with certainly I hear from fans anyway is. Um, yes, they've got the um, the impact of the cost cap fine that will hit them. I suppose the negative side of that, it's going to hit them later on this season, isn't it? And I think I think by that point, I think I think the season will be wrapped up anyway. I think. Yeah, and it's how much is the impact, isn't it? That's the that's the thing. If you've got a car that's yeah, Max is driving as dominantly as he is, yeah, you can you can afford to lose development time on that car potentially and still be ahead. But then also, I still believe back to what Christian was saying the other day when he said it's up to the other teams to catch up to us because they're not breaking the rules. And can I just say, I don't think there's nothing on that car that's legal because I think every other team would have been jumping up and down about it by now. 100%. The fact that they're silent from everybody else. Like we've seen all all, all throughout the years. You know, I think... You would have had it. In the past, when there's been someone that's been... What's the word? Um, controversial on the car. We've had the the digs, haven't we? We've had the yeah. we've had the comments in the press afterwards. You know, we had it about dust, didn't we? We had it about all these other inventions, double diffuser with Braun years back. There's always been those comments. We haven't had that this year, which does make me think that there is nothing at all that's legal on that Red Bull. Just want to say, and, I, and I that's, hasten, that's what I, we're saying. I hasten to say that if there was something there, the teams would have looked into it. You know, especially yeah, with the Martin, Mercedes and Ferrari, they'd have been, yeah, they'd they'd have been, been jumping on that one. They'd have been all over it. So I think we can all concur and say that, you know, there's nothing there. Again, I, I haven't done this little segment to take anything away from Red Bull. It's, it, for me, it's just more the elephant in the room. And I felt, I felt it just needs to be addressed. And I, 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 I certainly haven't heard any other podcast address it in the way that it's been done. And I think it's been handled pretty well to be honest i mean you've you've come at it with facts i've come at it with controversy you've <laughs> dealt with it in the facts side so again red bull fans it's not an attack 
It's not in any way, shape, or form us, you know, playing down the performance of Red Bull. It's just the it's, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? That it is. Yeah, we talked about we were on we were on podcast before, weren't we? On on one of the other ones, and we talked about should the cost cap just be scrapped for anything apart from like materials on the car? So actually, yeah. should it be adjusted? So your staff fall outside, your buildings fall outside, and you just go. Actually, you've got money to spend on your actual car, so that takes into account your crashes, your development all of that but you can spend whatever you want on staff you can get the best staff in lots of different ways yeah to address the cost cap and what to do i mean martin's just put a comment there closer better if fi didn't interfere in the middle of the season i mean we we made this comment a few podcasts ago could you, could you imagine what this season would be like if we had the 2021 cars continued yeah you know you i think martin's going back to the floor and paul percent yeah we go back to that we go back to that that technical directive was it needed or was it up to the team to adjust the ride height and change the floor listen they, they solved it within a few races didn't they let's um let's 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 summarize red ball then we're not taking anything away from red ball in any way <laughs> shape or form i apologize if we've upset anyone that's not what we're here to do however the elephant in the room has been addressed we've done it let's move on <laughs> moving on <laughs> doesn't mean it's going away but let's move on um but yeah summarize for red ball i think yeah you know it was always we we we, we said didn't we from for max it was it was always going to be max's race and, and i think the the diff the difficulty is now you'll hear people that will say, you know, is Max going to go on and win every race potentially? You know, that might potentially. I think Red Bull will in their current, like um, I said earlier, with Checo picking up, yeah, Checo picking up the, the wins when Max isn't. Yeah. You, you expect them to be weaker at a track. You normally expect a car to be yeah. weaker at a certain track, and whether it be a street expect, one. Yeah. You would expect at some track at some point during the season that there will be a DNF. It, it, it's Formula One, it happens. You know, you, you've, you've seen the dominance of Mercedes and then you know <laughs> Malaysia Lewis Hamilton it, it it happens to the best do you it, think that and um, going back to what you said though a couple of podcasts you said about Fernando at Silverstone we've talked about Mercedes in Brazil do you think where um Fernando talked about Singapore as being a potential track as well to upset I think Christian is bang on the money you can't take away from Christian that the it, it's not so much that Red Bull have moved forward it's the other teams haven't followed through with the development to 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 match them and i think that's bang on and i think that's very fair ladies and gentlemen you're hearing me agreeing with christian horner well screenshot of that uh, screenshot of that if you want um but i think he's bang on honestly i do i think he's bang on you know we're, we're not saying there's anything done uh, anything wrong with that red ball what we're saying is i agree with christian in terms of the other teams now need to to bridge that gap unfortunately <laughs> the only the i'm i'm, I'm, a, I'm a realist Mercedes have brought some brilliant upgrades this weekend. We we know that, and they've made a leap forward. But have they made a twenty-four second gap leap forward? No, they still haven't. Not, still not. Still point four off Max's pace, and I still go back to how much Max was pushing. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. not point four. Let's not take it away from Max. Max is 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 dominant. It's Max's era. So there's another one you can screen record and throw back at them. Send him clues at the back. But yeah, let's let let's move on then. We we've 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 had our positive sign Red Bull, we've had our negative sign Red Bull. But we've 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 addressed the elephant in the room. So let's move on anyway. So what we'll do now is obviously that's that's sort of the end of the podcast, but what we'll do is we will open it up to you guys. Um throw some questions at us. Um don't panic. Um if we don't um, see the question just put it in again um, moderators if you can um, try and try and pin a question for us and we'll answer the pin question so if you find something that, um, interesting that pops up in the comments <laughs> pin it for us and we'll address it go Ro- first one Rosberg sandals 
Not, I'm not letting that. No, well, I can't, I can't, can't distress that on here. Oh, I'm glad to say you got rid of him for today. Um, yeah, calamitous. Um, do we know? Do we know if there's any truth in the Mercedes floor in Silverstone? I think it would be a bit soon, but I'd say that four weeks is a long time in Formula One. Mm-hmm. The benchmark for Mercedes has been set. The floor, they it's not a case of copying Red Bull's floor that was craned up in Monaco. You can't do that. They've got an idea on where to take that floor. Their base model was what they've got on the car. They've got the data from that. Hopefully the data will back up what they've got back at the factory and that will give them a route to which they've already mapped out is probably what I'd say on that one. Uh, Graham's just Graham's just come up with a good uh, question there. Do we know what teams are looking like or do do we know what he's put? Do we know what Red Bull are looking like in terms of parts like MG UK and, and parts like that? Um, Checo's been burning through a lot more than yeah. well, anyone to be honest. Um, Charles is probably closing up on him now but Max is pretty pretty easy on the parts at the moment but Checo is probably the, he's used the most on the grid I'd say before this weekend Charles might have caught him up but in terms of parts Checo's definitely getting near penalty stage but then it also depends how much you can reuse the parts because obviously you're now allowed it, to it recycle and, between, and reuse it does seem to be between the two red balls as well doesn't it in terms of topping the parts up um, Ollie's put that's a very good question Ollie I will skip Ooh. back to that one do you think Nick DeVries' criticism is justified or do you do, do or do you think he deserves growing room I think you've got to we said it earlier didn't we I think he deserves growing room on the fact that they've changed the car so much and they look late to the past and development I think everyone deserves at least a season I don't think you can be changing anyone mid-season who's, who's brand new to the sport I think that's really harsh on any yeah. driver Pages put do you think there's any drivers that don't deserve a seat next season ho 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 Page Page straight in there at the back post header late, late 90 minute winner Oh, I'll be controversial and I'll just say it. Yuki, I know he's been performing pretty well this year. Hulkenberg, Albon for me. Think he's oh, had his Alban. time. Think he's had his time. Pulled up any trees. Um, let's move on before we get cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> did you watch F two? I didn't watch F two. Um, I haven't been able to get into F two to be honest. In terms of t- just times, just watching it, I haven't been able to clear up enough times to watch it. But I know there's some great racing in there. Dave's put question, where are we meeting after the Silverstone race for a few beers? Hold well, it depends, Dave, because you're in hospitality, so none of us are getting near where you are, so, you know, <laughs> unless you've got some spare tickets. So. Uh, yeah, Dave. Yeah, don't, don't try that one, Dave, yeah, just so you can come on here and say, I've got hospitality, we're not going there. <laughs> well, while everyone else is sat in the field. Joe? Joe? <laughs> is that a question? Um, I have him to F1 Arcade, but I do oh, still have a gift voucher from Alex's box box that I need to use there. If you're watching F1 Arcade, we are available. We could do this in, in the F1 Arcade. More than happy to do it. Manny, Manny's put opinions on Martin Brundle's slur. What have I missed? Manny, what have I missed? I'm not sure Ooh. what you mean by that one. No. Not sure what you mean. Uh, Hospitality five, so got to pay for them after that. <laughs> Cheer, cheers, Dave. Well, if you are right, have a load of money left over from where you haven't been paying, wouldn't you? So, drinks from you. Oh, apparently Ashley said he said something to Zhou Guangyu. Did he? I, did, I didn't see it, to be honest. I, I couldn't comment on it. Um, Chris, Chris has put, what do you think about Max and Lewis in a team for one season? Never going to happen. Not yeah. on for Sundays. I think it would be nice to see if they're in an equal car. It would be interesting, yeah, yeah. but I don't think it will. Do you think without Coscap, who would have the fastest car? I think it would change between the two. Because the other team would be able to, they could outspend each other. I think with deep pockets, you'll get a lot closer rating. I think one team would start off dominant, the other team would put it back, and you'd get, and that's why I believe that 2021 was so successful. 
Oh, money's put, instead of calling Joe an Englishman, he called him a China. What? Oh. Martin Brundle. Oh. Slap on the wrist. Uh, would you agree Charles is faster driver? Would you agree? Sorry, Yuri, I nearly spat my own... Um, <laughs> I think it was the shock, shock of the question. It was the shock. Would you agree that Charles uh, no. Leclerc is the fastest driver in the grid? No, I, no. I don't think I would, no. <laughs> what um, does Ferrari need to do to improve? They need to give Fred the backing that he needs. I don't know what Graham means. No, what Graham means is last year, Ferrari, uh, last year Mercedes won in Brazil and thought they'd gone the right way with a concept. Ah, right, How do we know this weekend right. isn't the same as that? We don't. And um, hopefully it's the data will tell them that it's a package they want to go with. And it does look more aligned with the other teams as well, I'd say. <laughs> Cheers, Dave. <laughs> to, to, Dave's just given all the... If anyone wants to meet Dave, he's at the bar by Cos Corner after Silverstone. Yeah. I'll be there, Dave, don't worry. Draft is telling us Mercedes are the best team. I think we'll, we'll disagree um, there. I mean, Martin Brennan said over one lap. I think that Charles Leclerc, who was confident, might have been the fastest over one lap, I think, at the moment. What would it take genuinely to take for Aston Martin to drop stroll? Pressure from... Honda is what I feel. That's Matt being told he's running that time. That his time is going. Oh my god, we've lost Matt. No, we haven't lost me. It was just uh, unfortunate. It wasn't uh, Vicky. It was my son that decided to walk in part way through and make a loud racket. Vicky's clearing herself in the comments. To be fair to her, swiftly <laughs> told off and told where to go. Uh, what do you think about everyone's focus on the American market? And that's from Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a first Terry. From Terry's corner. <laughs> no, 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 I'm taking you, that. I am taking that as you were lost for words. We have a first. Oh. Screenshot that. Send it in whenever you like. <laughs> Terry is lost for words. You saw that. It what depends what you think Formula One is. To to Liberty Media it's a business and they're doing everything they can to make the most money out of that business. And can you blame them for that if they're running it as a business, no, not a sport? Doesn't mean we have to agree with it. Not at all. And it's annoying when you're seeing the talk of losing tracks from, from countries to make room for more American tracks. I have got it recording, Joe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's getting thrown back at him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Questions aside then, should we call it a day? I think we should call it a day. I have don't we, think there's too many more. Um, Dave, Dave's on about looking out for you know people on Cops Corner drunk in Mercedes hops. That could be a number of people who Dave, so... If that's Dave's a description for Silverson, that could be quite worrying. Dave's on the bar hunt. I'm just Vic, Vicky, Vicky's yeah. please send this rap alert because she's just seen all of her, her yeah. couple of days ago. Yeah, the editor um, has spoken. Editor has spoken. I think I just want to say, can we just say thank you for anybody who's gifted? And um, we yeah. really appreciate that. We, you know, we genuinely don't do it for any gifts or anything like that. So we do appreciate everyone. We really appreciate all of the comments. And it's what makes it quite special to film, having we, interactive comments. We appreciate every single one of you being here, interacting with us, talking to us. Because um, what you've got to remember is slurs aside, and, and no matter what we talk about, we're here for the same reason that you are. We're here because we love talking about the sport that is Formula One. Yeah. Um, so thank you for turning up. Thank you for giving us your time. And Can we say thank you to Vicky for editing our podcast? Yeah, well. thank you to uh, Victoria for editing the podcast for us. That's and all the people who share it, there's there's loads yeah. on Cash and Finn, yeah. but you do you do loads yeah. actually to help us share yeah, it and, yeah. and get. Guys, you know and we've got 100 people are. in here, Matt. That's yeah. You know who you are. Um, Guys, if somebody can put the um, at Fans Talk F1. Again, I will ask if you can go and follow our TikTok page. Um, it's where we're going to hopefully do uh, these lives from. All the of future. this. <laughs> so, yeah, we want all this in one place. Um, we love doing it. We love having you here. 
Um, thanks for being a part of Fans Talk F1. And we will yeah, see we'll you. See, see you all after Canada. Yeah, we will see you after Canada, won't we, Terry? We will. Let's um, see what uh, Canada, Canada brings. But can you can't Canada? You can edit that bit. That would be fine. I'll just add to it. Canada. Pick up a penguin. Yeah, no, but in all seriousness, guys, thanks for joining. We appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you very much.